Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. And also, welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so, so much for stopping by for this latest uh, game chat. Uh, this is one of my sneaky favorites uh, of the year. Uh, it was a pretty big project uh, that landed earlier in the year. It sold out like crazy. And uh, we're starting to get new product uh, out on the field for this one. Uh, this was the Stardew Valley board game. Uh, our friend Colin did a pretty on the One Stop Co-op Shop. Uh, and the designer put up a blog on BGG, and this interview is going to follow up on that blog and talk about the design and development of Stardew Valley. So that is the intro. I'm going to introduce the designer uh, who is working directly uh, with the folks who make Stardew Valley. I'll have them talk about that in just a second. Uh, a veteran game designer has a couple of published projects, and this one is uh, one of the big ones that has come uh, from him. So he is Cole Medeiros. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right, uh, a little bit, uh, <laughs> gotta keep it simple because we got a, a baby, uh, back there and the baby brain has gone, crazy. yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yep, my two month year old, or, yeah, yep, two month of, year uh, old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, already, already, yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna, like I said, try to be as coherent as possible. <laughs> going well, on very little sleep, coherent, so if you can come close to the BGG blog, that'd be great. thank you, yeah, uh, that was fun I, I to really write, enjoyed it. and I really enjoyed Stardew Valley. So if you saw uh, my review in the Dice Tower, I you know gave it a seal of excellence. That I put it in my Games for a Healthy Mind series. I'm a psychotherapist, and I really do think that Stardew Valley, the board game, is offering something very different in the cooperative space in board gaming in general. And I think there are lessons in there that are very healthy, not just for from gaming, but for just human enjoyment and all that good stuff. But uh, we're about stories here, so please introduce yourself to the peoples. Uh, tell us about Cole Madero's game designer. Okay. Um, well, I've I've just I've always been interested in board games uh, and card games. I think I, I got into it when I was very young because it was cheap. You just needed a, a couple little cards and dice, and you could make all kinds of things. Um, I made a lot of things with index cards. You know, very young. And uh, my brother and I worked on a card game uh, when we were very young that grew into a published game called Gubs. Uh, that, I remember Gubs. It was yeah. uh, not only just a card game, but an app as well. Yes, yeah, it was actually. Um, uh, my that friend, that's, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's uh, that's funny because uh, the friend that helped put that app together, well, he was the guy that made it. Um, uh, his name's Matt Griffin. Uh, he uh, he was the one that actually introduced me to Eric Baroni of Stardew Valley, mm. and uh, so he. Um, I've known Matt for a long time too, and he's worked on you know several of his own games. Um, Wanderlust is a, a video game that he made, and uh, we've just gone back way back, making games together and talking about games and playing games and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's cool that you know the app. It was a fun app to work on. It was um, right in a time I, I I got into hobby gaming really hard in like 2014, 15, 16. Uh -huh. 
And I was voracious. Like you oh, yeah. think people can feel that. It's like, I let me get my hands on everything. <laughs> figure out my taste. I need to uh-huh. make this big collection. And like a thousand called games later and a thousand uh-huh. deleted apps later. It's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's got to really grab my attention now, which Doggy Valley definitely did. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a few years back, I ran a Kickstarter uh, for a little spy board game uh, called Web of Spies. And then, uh, you know, like I said, uh, years later, introduced to Eric um, with the Stardew Valley stuff. And as I said in the uh, design diary, a little intimidating at first, you know, to, to meet the guy responsible for such a phenomenon. Um, yeah, Stardew Valley, if, if y'all don't know, is a massive video game property. It is in the Animal Crossing, the vein of things, or The Sims, or not really a goal-directed game, just kind of a big open world, follow your bliss, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, farm, and build, and delightful things happen, and yes. it was very much a pandemic favorite, uh, or the COVID favorite, I should say. Yeah, a lot um, to of be specific, you know, because it was just made you happy to play. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like time pressure or, you know, but there were goals and there were things to strive for. So they did a they got a good balance with Stardew Valley. Yeah. And, I, and that's it's been a I mean, it was, it's it been before COVID, but like it just, you know, continued in popularity. And then we have. Yeah. Game. Yeah. I think um, around the time we released um, the board game, it was a, very close to the five year anniversary of Stardew Valley. And uh you know it's such a an, a neat thing because you know eric just really put so much time and love into this thing uh, over many years before even you know it launched and then continues to do so uh, you know even now and um and it's just really apparent when you play the game you know the music is delightful the the little surprises and the animations and the things you do and just on and on and on and it uh uh, it's been really fun for me to be a part of that because, you know, I see a lot of messages from a lot of people saying, you know, this game helped me through something that was really difficult in my life. And I just think that's such a powerful, special thing that a game can do. Um, you know, some people used to tell me when I say, oh, I make board games and card games or I'm, I play video games, you know, and they say, oh, that's cute, right. you know, but they're kind of dismissing the power of it, which is uh, it it's neat to bring people together or to give people um, kind of a, uh, a little bit of escape um, or relieve some of that pressure. Mm-hmm. And Stardew Valley has succeeded, you know, tremendously in that. Um, so it was a little I, intimidating. I say in like in real life, the rules don't make sense. No, yeah. <laughs> in life, the inputs don't always equal the outputs. Like I work yes. hard number X, Y, Z. And in the board game world, then the inputs, you know, e- basically equal the outputs. Like I'm not going to yes. be surprised by things. Uh, yes. And, the, and, you know, in I think what we're used to is board games kind of offering us that challenge, like especially hobby games. Mm-hmm. Right. So the hobby, like Gubs is a very lucky game. Like you mean, it's yes. like a, yeah. very easy, breezy light, you know, ooh, mm-hmm. I got the animal that, that destroys every other animal. Exactly. Just, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. so that's not like the intellectual challenge that you want mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the hobby game that, you know, a lot of listeners of this, event. I got no problem with breezy card games. No problem. Yeah. I'll play Gubs today. Um, <laughs> see, but in terms of that, you know, that intellectual challenge, the, the working of the gears, like that's mm-hmm. what we're looking for. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more often than a hobby game space. But I wanted to have you on because Stardew Valley is doing something different. Like it mm. does it, it approaches it a little bit differently because there are these, there's attention because Stardew Valley is not every other video game. 
Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, you know, to shoot them up and or it's not like, you know, achieve and level and all sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, doing something different. So I'd like to explore how Stardew Valley developed as this, as like similar to what we know before and as different mm. to what we know. Okay. Let's start with the similar. Let's start. It's a cooperative game. Yes. You know, you, <laughs> you, you have your pieces mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have a menu of actions, kind of like, you know, like a, a pandemic style actions in terms of, you know, um, I'm, I can move my piece and I can do things when I get to a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so talk a little bit about where you drew inspiration in terms of making Stardew Valley feel familiar for what we're, what we used to. Okay. Uh, so yeah, when we sat down to start talking about the game, we knew pretty quickly that it was going to be cooperative. You know, we, that's sort of in the theme of Stardew Valley, people working together and, and uh, collaborating. Yeah, competitive so Stardew, we, that'd be weird. But what, yeah. What do yeah. you even do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although there was, the most yes. <laughs> yeah. there was uh, recently the Stardew Valley Cup, which was uh, like a competitive, you know, team kind of sport. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a cooperative experience that just made sense to us really quickly so we looked at what are some of the games that we play that are cooperative that we really enjoy um uh, robinson crusoe was one uh, eldritch horror was another uh, but the the a lot of those games they start from a position of everything that happens to you is bad <laughs> you know it's just constantly you know knocking you down and you're collectively pushing against that to stay alive you know in Eldritch it's the doom uh in um Robinson it's your morale and your health and everyone's you know dying everything the game yes (laughs) Yes. um yeah exactly and uh everything is bad and um and so we thought what if we flip that on its head a little bit where uh you kind of start very far back from the finish line but everything kind of helps you a little bit. And so you're, you know, everything you reveal and find and gain, you know, it's a, it's a question of, is it the right thing you need at the right time? How do you use it? What do you keep? What do you choose? Um, and everything is just kind of accelerating towards that finish. And then, right. you know, trying to balance it such that you do kind of have that tension at the end. You're not just steamrolling through and, and you're not so far behind that it's completely hopeless. So the way that Stardew does it is that you set these goals, mm-hmm. right? And so in the games that you mentioned, there's a win-lose state, right? You know, it's so like, you know, and the win-lose is like by the hair and your chinny chin chin. Yes. When you think of Robinson, it's like collect yeah. 10 wood. Yes. And like you get a lot of wood, but you lose a lot of wood. Yes. <laughs> kind of back and forth and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then in Stardew, you're, you're there and you're, you're not that powerful. Like you said before, you show up or you're a farmer yeah. on a field and you don't really have much. And then you have the, I think it's, what's the, the workshop, I think? Uh, you have the grandpa's goals and then there's yeah. the community center. The, so you have goals, you have these, it's bears at the top of the board and they and mm-hmm. set goals. And they're, they're, you have to collect a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. so like you can order. So it's almost like the game is communicating right from the start. Like this is a lot of stuff yeah. that, you have, that you have to get. So, yes. but it's the, and, and I love how you, on the blog, you talked about kind of the board itself being designed to be very inviting. So mm-hmm. like the board and the, the the goals are communicating to the player, collect a lot of things. Yeah. Like that's yeah. kind of what, the, the, that's kind of the, the vibe I got all right from the start. From the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just a, there's a ton of different resources. That was another thing that we started with. It's like, 
you know, what do we keep? What do we not have? You know, there's, there's so many materials and things. And the board game definitely has a lot, you know, uh, one of the, that's one of the drivers. Great. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> yeah, right. That's, uh, yes. There's People, a there's lot a of like, tons of, so many tiles. So many it's tiles. true. It's true. And the, and the second edition, you know, uh, uh, it's not really a second edition, but the second printing does introduce a tray that helps contain some of these components a lot better. So a storage solution is a lot better, but yeah, there's a, there's just a ton of stuff in the game, um, which I really enjoy because it, the replayability, factor of like what and that delight of like what am i going to get this time what am i going to uncover um you know one game for me that i i don't get to play it very often but i really enjoy it is magic realm it's kind of like an older one where you set up all this stuff and then you only see in a game maybe like five to ten percent of all of that stuff and so it, it truly does create this adventure you know where you're trying to reveal things um, and no two games are quite the same. Um, That's so a yeah, movie. It, that is a yes. movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a handful that I'm. You have the the Magic Realm. Uh, you'll have us the vendors on BGG every once in a while. Going, remember this? And... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. I. Um, yeah, that's kind of an old one, but uh, mm -hmm. but I, I just I love that idea of there's just you get this box and it is you know physically heavy. It has all this stuff in it and it feels like oh this is this is all the world of stardew and it's kind of packed into this box and i can open it up and i can have like that feeling of playing through a year of stardew um you know that being said the the experience is condensed down because it has to be into this sort of uh win-lose situation um which you know some people found that to be a little stressful you know that, that was not the like peaceful relaxing calm uh, Zen experience of the video game, but it, uh, you know, to, to be kind of a, a rewarding co-op that you come back to that provides that challenge, you know, it, so, it needed I'm to have so that. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I feel like Stardew is kind of existing, it's cutting the middle and it's almost like there's fans on both sides. It'll be a little bit, you know, whatever. So on the mm -hmm. one hand, there are the, the Zen people. Why can't I just play? Why do I have yes. these goals? Yeah. You know, why can't I just like wander anywhere? Why am I limited yes. to two actions? I just want to walk. Yes. <laughs> All that kind of thing. And then you have on the other side, kind of a more, um, you know, like I have pandemic over my corner. I mean, pandemic mm -hmm. is like, you know, and the Robson Crusoe's and everything like, you know, um, not necessarily the win loss, but like the, the meaning that is generated from like a very insistent win loss, condition so like my choices matter yes so to yeah speak. so it's like you know and like i i must seek the optimal choice mm -hmm. and if i'm not doing the optimal choice then yes. i'm doing it wrong yeah right so then that's not stardew necessarily yes yeah right and so, and okay, on that spectrum too you know those folks they want a little bit more control too over all the little details of you know what they're setting up for and how they're playing the game and and um you know so so Stardew kind of does a thing, you know, the board game does a thing that's it's closer to the middle where you need to be focused um, and kind of drive towards a thing. You know, you can't just relax in this game. And, you know, there is modes of the game that, you know, I, I mentioned where like are much easier. For example, uh, you know, easy mode doesn't have the community center. So you're, you have just all the time to focus on the goals and it's a great way to introduce the game and kind of have a more casual experience. Um, and I've also seen players turn the game into a multi-year game where they have 
there's there's variants um, that are pretty neat, but they're a little bit more relaxed, but they involve a lot more time. And those are the kind of the super fans. Mm. Um, but and then, like I said, on the other side of that spectrum is the folks who, you know, uh, some of the randomness, uh, some of the, you know, you can't necessarily count on what you're going to get from every deck all the time uh, can be a little off putting. You so know, let's talk a little bit about the randomness uh, in terms of that balance right because mm -hmm. if you're on the the you know the open-ended side give me more randomness sure i want yeah. stuff right and yep. then on the other side and i think that the randomness might be a good key to kind of talk about this because that slider of like how mm -hmm. random yeah. Right? Uh, yeah and so you know describe a little bit about how the randomness works specifically uh, assuming that maybe there's some listeners that who are not familiar with the game oh, okay um so i guess anytime you have dice uh, anytime you have, you know, a deck of cards with lots of options, it's always possible to roll something that's bad, you know, to draw something that's that's useless, you know. Um, suboptimal. Yeah, suboptimal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you know, I, I play oh, okay. test, uh, you know, uh, Stardew, the board game, and a lot of you know other board games that I've worked on a lot with people that will tell me. Oh, this, this card's broken. This is broken. You know, this is random. This is, you know, there's no strategy here. Um, but I feel like there's something that happens over multiple plays. And I, I saw the same thing happen uh, with some of uh, some of the more vocal critics of the, the board game saying, you know, I played it a couple of times and there's more going on here than I thought at first. At first, I thought I had no control and it was just totally all over the place. But then I sort of learned, oh, there's there's other layers to this. Um, and I, I think it's easy to miss that. If you come into a game and you play it once or twice and you're like, eh, I think I understand what's going on here and I'm, I'm not enjoying it and I don't have enough control. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to dismiss. Uh, but sometimes there's an element of discovery where you kind of say, oh, there are things in these decks. I just didn't know where to look yet. I didn't know. Uh, and you kind of have to learn a little bit more. And right. as you learn, you know, um, like Gubbs, you mentioned earlier, is it is uh, you know a high level of randomness. It's meant to be like a five to ten minute, you know, chaotic game. Um, but I have a friend who loves that game and wins every time. Oh, wow. And I and it's part of it is card counting. Mm -hmm. Part of it is you know just playing these optimal things and. Uh, some really clever tricks that give him a lot more control over the game, even though it, you know, you could get wiped out with a single card. Um, he knows that he's like, Oh, that card's already been played. So, you know, right. so there are ways to kind of mitigate these things, but um, you know, not everybody has a taste for that. Not everybody, you know, not every game is for everybody, you know, right. um, but that, that randomness to me, I personally, I enjoy it a lot because uh uh, I feel like it it helps tell interesting stories. You have highs and lows, and you have a lot of very interesting things that happen. So what I figured out when I was playing Stardew, I played a lot of solo. Uh -huh. That you know, because I'm a I'm a pandemic guy, Brooker Brothers, all these games, right? All the, all mm -hmm. the cooperative games, and it's like, okay, you see the community, you see the community goals, and they're variable. You can go for different goals every time. And let's say I have a goal, uh, I have to go down the mine. Like I have to reach mm -hmm. level twelve of the mine. And yeah. the, the center. So if you do, uh, in terms of how Stardew works, there are these like stations and that you could do different goals depending on the different stations. So like if you have mm -hmm. a mining goal, go to the mine. If you have a fishing goal, go to the fish. If you have a museum goal, then walk around, collect artifacts. Yeah. 
and as it, and it works slightly differently, you know, so that you, so every game feels a little bit different. So mm-hmm. let's say it's the mine. So then on turn one, I'm like, okay, I have to go to the mine. It's going to take me this amount of turns. It's going to take me this, this, and this. And, and in a regular cooperative game, that's kind of how you do it. And then you like deal with the, 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 the crisis at hand mm-hmm. while you're doing the long-term goal. Yes. Uh, in Stardew, there is no crisis at hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, go to the mine. And so I think a lot of players felt like, okay, I'm going to go to the mine and there's nothing pulling me away from the mine. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or they, or like, you know, not that there's nothing pulling you away from the mine, but like it's, it, if I go to the mine too often, then I can't meet these other goals. But, but yeah. it wasn't like an active, like, you know, pull away. It, just, it felt like a non choice. Mm-hmm. I have to go to the mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, so that's where I think a lot of like people that are on the more kind of, I need, agency side mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. struggled it's something yeah. like that what i figured out was i don't have to go to the mine yeah i can just walk about and i might get the thing that i need from the mine yes yeah you know the... and that and you know and that was like you know it, it occurred to me so okay that sometimes the solution to like too much randomness is even more randomness <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah because what you're what you're kind of touching on is you know it, it seems like the obvious answer, like you say, is if I got to get to the bottom, then I'm going to be in there just hammering away constantly. But as you play a little bit more, you find out, oh, there's, there's sources that can help me down the mines in a lot of other places. And, and yeah, it's not like I can control exactly when those pop up and, and, you know, but you find as you, as you explore different areas or you, you know, there's events, there's uh, the forageables, um, there's, villagers that help you you know there, there's a lot of different places yeah the villager could come in and be like here have this the th- the four stone you need to go down six levels exactly like, yeah what was I doing? Yes. <laughs> yes and and so i mean i've played the game solo a lot um and i played you know two player um a good amount you know and uh like i just have been surprised many times at feeling like I get to fall in the game towards the end and I'm going, there's no way we can do this. We're, but then I'm like, let's just, let's play as optimally as we can. You know, there might be something that comes out over there and then something always kind of pops up, you know, and we go, Oh, if, you know, and we know if we use that and we also kind of, you know, so you start putting together these, these ways to mitigate, but it does still rely on, you know, we're going to put together this plan and a few things have to fall into place. They often have, but mm-hmm. um, you have to know that they're there and you have to work towards it. And you can only do that by sort of learning uh, what's in those those uh, decks. What's but, in the, the card decks, the yeah. tile decks, what kind of villages will come out, uh, being more active about milling. Mm-hmm. That stuff. Yes. That's the one yeah. I'm saying about like more randomness, just like mill more. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 you know, in a game like Eldritch Horror, you mill a little bit and you might get like a gun that gives you a plus one. Yes. And yeah. you know, it's like, I have a little bit more chance of beating this monster. Yeah. In Stardew, it's like your goal is two legendary fish from the fishing goal. And then you'll walk about and be like, oh, a legendary fish. Yeah, <laughs> it can happen. Wow. Yeah. And and it, and it does have, you know, it, it happens enough that I feel like every time I've played, something has happened that I went, oh, I've never seen that before. That's kind of neat. Um, right. Or we're getting devastated in a way that I, I'm really surprised with, and this is kind of fun too because uh, you know it's a it's it's you know a, a game that I can tell a story about, and if I can win on top of that, 
it makes that win even better. But um, that's, I mean, that's just, I mean, yeah. In speaking about the, the feedback, did you get put, did you get, I guess, not pushback or criticism or whatever you want to call it from folks who are like, I don't like this. And, I mean, and did you react? I mean, was that, did that cause any kind of reaction? Yeah. Well, what, what we did was, you know, we put the game out there. Um, we had a lot of very good feedback, um, but we had, you know, a substantial amount of folks saying, especially from, I think the more like more dedicated board game group. Uh, I, I don't know if they're just more vocal and I can read that feedback a little bit, you know, they're on more BG. easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It usually attracts that stuff. So it's like, it's yes. very easy to see. Um, and, you know, um, what we tried to do is just kind of listen to it all, take it all in and identify for the second print run, okay, are there improvements that we can make? And, and that's one of the things that I was really impressed with Eric about. It kind of just goes in his philosophy. Like every time you make a thing, there's probably a way to make it better. So let's, let's explore that. And let's never really stop exploring how to make something a little bit better. Um, and I think that's what you see in, in the video game, you know, with how he's worked on it all these years. So, so the mine surfaced as a thing that was generating a lot of frustration uh, for some folks. And so, so what so, we did um, was, I mean, oh, go ahead. Explain to, explain to folks how the mine is different from the other. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, one of the goals is to get to the bottom of the mines and, you know, you are uh, visiting the mine rolling a pair of dice it's giving you uh a choice in the mind between a couple of spaces or 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 it's just one space that you trigger and you get a reward back out of um, mine is a deck of cards yes you know? and so, like so rolling a die against like a grid mm -hmm, and then you have yes. to find what you need on the grid in order to either progress or get a resource or whatever exactly and so so each um mine level each grid is a little different um and and some are more uh, bountiful with rewards, others a little bit more sparse. And, you know, so it creates a very, you know, varied experience every time you play. And it sort of surfaced as one of the more challenging goals. And so people are saying, wow, I really got to dig through this thing. I got to get to the bottom. Um, you know, it, the, the scaling of it is less obvious because it doesn't, Many of the goals just say, you know, do X per player. Mm -hmm. um, the, the mine goal is always get to the bottom of the mines. But what scales is the amount of stone that you can use in order to right. descend levels. Um, but, but still the sensation, and, and I played it, you know, after the release of the first printing, I went back and I played through the mines hundreds of times, just <laughs> by myself at different wow. player counts. Uh, marking down, you know, I would roll, roll, roll what I got. And I started surfacing a handful of cards that I said, okay, I'm seeing most of this is fine, but there's, there's a, enough cards in here that you can get really stuck on, mm -hmm. um, which actually doesn't, it doesn't break the game, but if you're playing in a group with people and you spend your turn and you get nothing back, from that turn because the turn the actions are so precious it just feels devastating yeah. and very frustrating and it was definitely uh, just kind of an action sink yeah you know so like you could you could go a couple of times to the fishing place and ha ha i fish and mm -hmm. the mines you always were there i mean if you're playing what whatever it is 
uh, 12 turns in a game, yeah. uh, four seasons, three turns per mm -hmm. season. Like you can spend six, seven of your rounds at mm -hmm. mine. Yes. And, that's not, you know. and if you're, you're throwing dice and you're like, I got nothing again, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that can be frustrating. You know, um, I totally recognize that. And looking at it more closely, uh, what we were able to do is, is say, okay, like there's, there's these, by adjusting the results on these mine cards, we can make the experience just a lot more rewarding. Uh, it doesn't unbalance the game really that much. Like it may make it a little bit easier, but um, like you say, because there's so much, uh, you know, um, chance and you're just throwing yourself at chance in all these different ways constantly, it kind of, it kind of evens out over time. And, uh, so that's that's a you know we've had the new minds play tested, you know extensively by myself and a few other play testers, and all the you know the feedback was, this feels better. better. You know better. even people who said, I didn't really mind the old one. It it was a little bit more punishing, but I enjoy that. But this is kind of a smoother experience. So I, I think that's a um, a nice improvement. Mm -hmm. And you know just like I mean, you had you didn't make it more quote unquote strategic. Yeah. Right? And, like, cause that, that, I guess that's what I'm uh, thinking about in terms of like, uh, you know, pushback to Stardew, where it's like the gamer, you know, mm. and the gamer is like, I need more challenge in this. And it's like, oh, that's not the type of game. Is that, is that kind of just the, the ultimate answer to that? Yeah. I, cause I, I think generally the feedback from those folks was not, um, I want more challenge. It was, I want a little more control. I want a little bit more like, choice where I can I can choose to invest in certain things and see them play out and and um you know and we and we did consider a lot of those options um but one of the things that I find especially about a game with this many sort of moving interconnected decks mm -hmm. and systems um adding one thing tends to disrupt a bunch of the other things and uh and I play tested a lot of things that you know, seemed like easy solutions to some of these frustrations and they worked, but they kind of took away a little bit more than they added or they, or they kind of cluttered up certain things. And uh, like, I feel like it didn't really speak to the sensation and the feeling that we wanted this game to encompass. Like um, I didn't want to just feel like we're adding these little band-aids and extra rules and things like that too. So, yeah. yeah, please talk about that. That's exactly where I was going to go next in terms of the word I used in the, in the review uh, at the Dice Tower review was delightful. Mm -hmm. like this game, the emotion is delightful. The emotion is not necessarily challenge. Yeah. And you want the delight to feel a little bit earned. You want a little bit of knobs to turn. You, know, mm -hmm. you don't want to just be this totally open-ended thing. But yeah. the, what you're saying is there's a lot of attention paid to getting that right of like, okay, mm -hmm. just enough control Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you're wasting your time, but ultimately the emotion is delight. Yeah. Please tell us a little bit more about that, that sensibility you tried to put in the game. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think so, so much of it was just about like the delight factor, I think comes from that sense of exploration and revealing things. And, you know, I think it's really fun to get a reward and draw a card and see what it is and say, oh, you know, uh, and a, a lot of these cards, sometimes they give you these really powerful abilities. Um, and 
but you know, you, you're not always getting the same ones and you're not always, uh, sometimes something is really powerful in one game and the next game is not as useful because it, the situation has changed. And so seeing how that fits together, um, that's what kind of keeps me coming back, playing it and, and enjoying it. Um, I've, I've noticed, you know, the kinds of games that I enjoy, um, there's a lot of like really good games out there that I've played and said, I don't know if I like playing this. Like, I think it's an amazing game. I want to like it. I want to be good at it. Um, but I, I play it and, um, uh, it's just too, I got to think too far ahead. I have to hold too much in my head. Mm. And, um, and I think sometimes I'm like, I don't have, especially right now uh, with uh, very young children, I don't have the hey, brain COVID. power. Like this is, you know, like exactly down and the, the pressure. And yeah, it's a, a lot. Yes, that, that's exactly right. You know, I'm, I'm noticing that even in the kinds of video games that I enjoy playing, I don't know that right this minute when I relax, I'm looking for something extremely challenging or threatening. Yeah. I mean, um, some of the most watched programs during the pandemic were like The Office, Bobby yeah. burgers mm-hmm. you just you go back you know yes like and, and it's even my theory um about like last year there weren't that many games released mm-hmm. uh, one of the big games was uh, lost ruins of arnak mm. oh yes the yeah. my theory on that is like there's nothing new about law like it's, it's a deck builder and a worker uh-huh. and but like that's the draw yeah it, it i didn't have to like it was familiar new, but i didn't have to learn a whole bunch of things in order to do it it was just yep. what i knew executed at a very very high level yeah so like it yeah. felt it, it was like that warm sock right mm-hmm. out of the wire <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yep. just comfortable just, just like mm. really it was yes. both new and comfortable at the same time yeah right? <laughs> and, and so like and so something like stardew you know the the board game like i know this i know how to play a cooperative mm-hmm. game but mm-hmm. it's doing but it's giving me that that delightful sense yeah it's, it's, it's wonderful you know yeah. i'm so glad that it had a lot of success Oh, that's that's really that's really good to hear. Yeah, I, um, we, you know, so much of my focus when I was working on it is just really trying to bottle up that Stardew magic. You know, make something that fans would be like, "Oh, this is really cool." And now I have Stardew sitting on my shelf, and and I can open it up and visit in it in this new way, and uh, you know, do justice to this thing that Eric made that he put so much love and attention into. Um, and we worked very closely on this. Like he, he was a really big part of this project. Um, uh, he gave me a lot of freedom, but he always kind of said, well, maybe let's nudge it this way a little bit, you know, or, or I'm not sure about this piece of art. Like it's not quite right. And um, he has a very good sense of what Stardew is obviously, but what, what is fun and delightful. Mm-hmm. One of the struggles that I had, though, not nothing with the mechanism. I think it's a really, really game for what it is. Uh, player scaling. The, yeah. Uh, out of at four players. Yeah. Yeah. The way the scaling works is that it's like basically you have your solo and you have your goals, mm-hmm. and then two players is two times goals. Three players is three times goals, three times resources. Four. So there's a it's additive. It isn't like you yeah. know, this kind of stream thing. So like a four player game could take a long time. Yes. And so, yeah. I mean, I, I, did you have any thoughts about the player scaling issue? Yeah, I've considered a lot of things. Like, we tried to make it such that folks could adjust the difficulty by doing things like less goals or, you know, more revealed community center goals. Um, and then 
also adjusting the length of the game in a similar way where, okay, we're going to play with half as many goals and half as many turns, essentially. Um, that was a suggestion from one of the play testers who actually played it with their very young children. And they sort of ran it and said, hey, we just played, you know, two season cards per season. And it was great. You know, it's a little faster of a, even of a two-player game. Um, but, you know, I, I probably could honestly say, like, I'd maybe love to go back and, and think of more variants for um, making the four-player experience just mm -hmm. a little bit snappier in, in terms of game length, because you never want a game to overstay its welcome. You don't want to be sitting there going, okay, like we're finally done. You know, you, you want the game Here to end and people winter. say, oh my God. yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and, um, and, it, you know, on the flip side of that, I've, I've met a handful of playtesting groups that did play at four player. And by winter, they were all on their feet around the table going, okay, if we just get this and we just do that. And so I've, I've seen kind of both sides where those groups, you know, they, the games took a long time and they told me, well, it didn't feel like a long time. So I say, oh, that's great. Um, but I, I think that's probably, you know, that's not everybody. I think a lot of people are going to play a four player and say, wow, that's a very long game. And I would have liked some uh, more clever ways to scale it down. So it's a little bit, you know, faster and, um, you know, I can squeeze it into an evening a little bit easier. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So then we have, so the first printing was kind of hilarious. It's, it was a 20,000 print uh, copy print, mm -hmm. I think, and sold out in seven hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went uh, less than a day. It was no previews, no, like, you know, big press thing. Yeah. We didn't know what the game was. We didn't even, yeah. nothing. And it was like, Stardew, cooperative, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Original designer, what? Yeah. You know? like, yeah. Was it Concerted Ape or Concerned Ape? Concerned ape, so they, and, you know, knowing uh, that they were directly involved, and knowing yeah. that you know the pedigree and the art law looked the same, everything felt right. Like it, yeah. like even off the box, it felt right. So it's like twenty thousand. Here you go. Don't, yeah. don't, <laughs> uh, don't slow me down with the facts. Uh, and so, <laughs> yep. like, it's been you know positive reviews enough to that there's another print run. Yeah. And so, like, they can you know, folks, if they wanted to, they can go onto the Concerned Ape website and just pick one up. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's, a, it's available now. Uh, we we did a slightly bigger print run this time, so there's. You know, we, we want to make sure everybody who wants a copy can get a copy. Uh, we we did investigate making it available, you know, even the first print run outside of the United States. But uh, we're a super small company, you know, and we're trying to figure out all the complexities of direct sales across international lines, sales tax, all that, you know, kind of boring stuff. And it turned out to be too much. And so but we are doing distribution this time. You have to be uh, experts in VAT. And... Yes. Yeah, it's so... <laughs> I'll tell you, even paying sales tax just in all the states that we're right. selling oh, into yeah. states, is, is ridiculously com complicated. And uh, so we're doing our best, you know, to handle all that kind of behind the scenes where nobody has to worry about it and, and, um, and just make the game available. Uh, but it's, it's far more complex than it looks <laughs> um, on the surface. But... Um, but hopefully everybody who can get a copy will get one. And, and if the demand, you know, continues to be what it's been, uh, we will make it even more available in more places in the world, you know, to the best of our ability. Expansions? Potentially. Potentially, we'll see <laughs> I, how it happens. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, we've kind of kicked around ideas. I mean, there's already more Stardew content for the video game, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, 
you know, there are things that are not in the board game that would make neat little expansions and added elements. So it's possible, um, but we're, we're just kind of focused on the, you know, this base game right now and just making sure it's the best it can be. Absolutely. Is there anything else that uh, you wanted to share about the, uh, the board game and, uh, you know, the design process? And, you know, I tried to hit a lot of the points that, you know, you mm. shared and some of the emotions of it. But if there's anything that I missed, you can let me know. Uh, no, I think, you know, we, we just tried to make something. I, I, I mentioned it in the design journal that, that we enjoy playing and we hope other people will as well. And then it just brings a lot of joy to the table. And, and that's kind of it. Yeah, I, well, I think the the way he said it was, I want a game that people will like. No, 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 I want a game that I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which which sometimes it can be a trap for a designer to design something that only they like and and you know nobody else does. But I, the way in which Eric was saying it was just you know, if we really genuinely enjoy what we make, and it'll that will kind of shine through into you know other people will say, oh, I I also think this is really neat, you know, and so that was. Uh, yeah. That was our goal and continues to be our goal with yeah, this. I mean, I think like there's a difference between this is my, my psychological hat talking. There's a difference between making something for your individual personality and mm -hmm. accessing that deeper gamer identity. True. Right. That's, you know? that's, so, that's like, true. When I show up to a, a game night, am I being Jason in all of the glory that is Jason? Or am mm -hmm. I just like gamer? And yeah. I'm going to go there and play a game and being able to access that identity, that deeper identity that we share. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we, th that's how we get together. That's how we yes. make are happy and being able to access that and like making a game that answers to that. That's a really, mm -hmm. that, that was a really cool trick. Yeah. Yeah. It's just connection, you know, getting people together, connecting them over things that they can cooperate, you know, um, it's a, that's, I think why I play board games is because I want to sit down at the table, just like a, a meal, you know, and, and talk and laugh and, and, uh, you know, the more a game allows me to do that and tells us fun stories that we can say later, oh, remember that one time when, <laughs> you know, you pulled out the win at the end? Like, that's um, that's really special. Awesome. Well, please uh, let me not keep you so long. You got to get, no, get, get okay. back to you. you gotta... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but please and please, um, if there is more Stardew coming or any other projects, especially in the solo cooperative space, uh, you're always welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you very much. It's a lot of fun talking to you. That was Cole Madero, Stardew Valley. There is a new print run that is live. You can go get the copy. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes. If you can get, change your mind, you can change the world, people. So until next time, bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.